so much, choir. Wonderful, wonderful. Beloved, we are here this afternoon to install one of God's servants in this church at Nielsville Presbyterian. A wonderful and momentous event where we gather to worship our God for the great call that he has extended to Jeffrey Ricketts to serve as the pastor of this part of Christ's kingdom. This is an installation service of the East Central Presbyterian Presbytery, which is a part of the Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians, otherwise known as ECO. And I know that for Nielsville Presbyterian, uh, it has been a journey uh, to ECO, uh, as it has been the church that I serve uh, at Centerville Presbyterian, uh, where we too are part of uh, ECO together. So it is a time to worship and a time that we give all the praise and glory to our God for his wonderful and sovereign will uh, that we celebrate today. Let us now have our call to worship. Let's all stand together. Hear the call to worship from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Let's sing together. Oh 
singing. We pray, Lord, that you will indeed be thou our vision, be thou our best thought, be thou our wisdom, and be thou first in our heart. We praise your name and we adore you, especially today. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. God of glory, Lord of love, our hearts unfold like flowers before you especially today. We praise you, Lord, for your glory. We praise you for who you are. We praise you for your mighty deeds. We praise you for the wonderful things you have done, especially today. We praise you because you help us, Lord, to be the victors in the midst of strife. And we praise you, Lord, because you care. You care for us. Because you guide us. Because you have blessed us because you have given us reasons to be joyful and to celebrate, especially today. We praise and adore you, Lord, the giver of immortal gladness, and we pray that you will fill your church with the light of day, the light and the love of Jesus Christ, our hope and our Savior, your Son, and we pray that today and every day. Amen. Let's continue to pray through this next song. Yeah. 
Jesus' confession of sin has been adapted from John 14, verse 9, and Matthew chapter 13, verse 13 through 17. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus explains that he talked in parables to create readiness, to nudge people towards receptive insights into God's kingdom. The Pharisees understood his parables all too well, and they knew he was speaking about them, but they resisted the truth. In chapter 14 of the book of John, Jesus, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my commands. I know how difficult this is from personal experience. I also know that sin distracts me from the things of God, and I need a savior, someone to advocate on my behalf before a holy God on the day of judgment. Please join me in the unison confession of sin and then in silent confession. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. We have seen your Son, but our eyes are dim. We have heard him, but our ears are dull. We have known him, but our hearts are faint. Comfort and pride, lust and fears, careless hearts deaden us. So we hear, but we do not understand. We see, but we do not perceive. Have mercy on us and heal us. Give us eyes and ears to hear Christ, the Son of God. If we see him, we have seen the Father. Amen. Please rise and join me in the assurance of pardon. It is the good news of the gospel that we have a high priest who will hear our confessions of sin and take them to God the Father and wipe them all away. Hear what it says in Psalm 103, 8 through 13. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Let us confess our faith together. This, uh, this uh, uh, confession of faith is taken from uh, the Church of Toraza, which is uh, uh, written in Indonesia, 1981. On the basis of the God's word, we believe that God revealed his will, his love, and his power to us in Jesus Christ, so that we may confess God is the one and only source of life, blessing, and goodness. It is only He who The eternal God cares for us, for and saves His creation. He redeems and saves us from destruction. So that we become His possession and receive God is love and has revealed Himself in the history of His work of salvation as three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The eternal God the Father, 
the eternal God, the Son, The eternal God, the Spirit, bears witness to the salvation of the world. It convinces us and seals the salvation in the hearts and lives of men. The Word of God declares this God to mankind so that he can be accepted and trusted in on the basis of his faithful love towards his creation. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, blessed thought, 
The scripture today comes from the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. In our few Bibles, it's labeled, Put on the New Self. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Good afternoon. It is great to be with you. I'm Pastor Randy Lovelace, and I serve as uh, lead pastor at Columbia Presbyterian Church, along with one of my associates, pastor here, uh, P.D. Mayfield. And we've known Jeffrey for a while, and I've known Jeffrey for a long time. Uh, and it is a tremendous blessing and an honor to be here today to celebrate with Nielsville and to celebrate with the Ricketts. Uh, Jeffrey and I were in seminary together at Covenant Theological Seminary. We studied for ordination, so I'm partly to blame. And uh, so if you have any issues, I'll give you my cell phone number later, and you can, we can talk about Jeff's idiosyncrasies. <laughs> but I want to say, however, um, you are receiving into your midst a man who is faithful and loyal, not only to his family, but to his friends. I can say with a sincere heart that without the ministry of Jeff Rickett in my life in various spots... Uh, I wouldn't be here, and I'm grateful that he has been faithful to remind me of the word, the promises of Christ, and not the hopes and promises of ministry, and that is a blessing to have friends like that, and it is a blessing that I can be here today to open God's word with you briefly. Today, what I would like to do is the passage which has been read is the entire portion of this text, and I'd like to pray with you uh, as we look at a brief portion of this very same passage. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We do thank you, Father, for the change of seasons. 
but we just ask you for courage as we face the unpredictable nature of travel. And uh, we do ask for safety. But we also want to give you thanks that we could come out today and celebrate with this church as they install this new pastor, my friend, Jeffrey. Father, I thank you for his family. I thank you for this church, and I thank you for its faithful ministry in the gospel. And I pray, Father, that you would remind them of the promise of your word, the power of your Holy Spirit, that you are working in them and through them. And I pray that as they move on from this day, they will remember your faithfulness and love. And I pray you would equip them with all that they need to be the body of Christ you've called them to be. Help the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. I did not grow up in the church, and so I didn't have much acquaintance with wearing ties. After I became a Christian, however, uh, my parents decided to come back to church. I grew up in a, in a home that my parents were Baptist, but we suddenly just didn't go to church. And now as I look back on it, I don't know how that worked, because I thought that was what you were supposed to do in the South. As a son of the South, I was expected to be in church every Sunday, but that's not where I was. I was generally watching Charles Kuralt on television with my parents. Sunday evening was 60 minutes. That was our liturgy. But when I became a Christian at age 16, my parents thought at first I had joined a cult because they weren't sure why is he suddenly religious. And they gave it a few weeks, and they could see that it was serious. And so they started getting ready for church with me every Sunday morning, and they came back to the church. And it was remarkable to see, and I'd always seen my father wear ties every day for work, but I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I only knew the clip-ons when I was a young kid. So I had to learn how to tie my own tie, which meant, as a teenager, learning how to tie my own tie for the first time is a very vivid thing for me. My father tried to show me, standing in front of me, that just completely didn't work. I tried to watch him, that didn't work. It was in the day of double Windsors, and I was completely confused and likely going to choke myself. So my father came behind me, lifted up the collar, and he tied it for me from behind. He's a little over six feet tall. And that happened several times, and then I learned. But I realized in the practice of tying that tie and my father teaching that to me, there was far more going on there than either he or I understood. It wasn't about getting ready for church or looking as if I was going to church. Something else was going on there deeper. He was teaching me about a ritual that he was very accustomed to. That was his daily uniform to go to work. And in that moment, as a child and now a teenager, maturing, hopefully slowly, but maturing, I began to get a picture of what my life, what life must have been like for my father every day. And that learning how to tie that tie gave me a much bigger picture than having proper attire for the right event. It gave me an expectation of what was professionalism, what was expected in the workplace. What was happening in that moment, that transition from my father teaching me and then me taking it on myself was far more than just dealing with silk. He was teaching me about life. And it came through very simple practice. When we start talking about putting on Christ, or we have a new self in Christ, or this phrase, what is your identity in Christ? Quite honestly, that is a very confusing thing. It's a very abstract principle. What is the self? What is identity? Which is why I'm grateful that the work that Paul does here in this passage, he gives us, he gives us a metaphor. It's embedded in the Greek. If you look at verse 12, he says, 
put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Then verse 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds, them, binds everything together in perfect harmony. When verse 12, when he says, put on then, the language which he is using is the language of putting on clothes. So Paul's giving us, embedded in this Greek language, what he's translating for us is he's showing us what it means to be in Christ. It's like putting on new clothes. And as a child, when we learn how to put on clothes, we realize, particularly as a teenage boy, ties are foreign to our existence. Clothes are foreign to our existence. We weren't born into the world with clothes. We put them on every day. We put them on every day without even thinking about it now. It has become second nature. What Paul intends here is that when we put on the new self, when we learn how to walk in Christ, he's showing us what that means is we actually begin to, just like we put on clothes every day, we think of these things as things which we put on. We practice them. And then to even show us more what he means, in verse 14 he says, and above all these, well, these what? These for Paul, according, depending on which translation you use, is this very old idea put on all these virtues. The idea of a virtue is often lost on the modern West. But a virtue is a practice. Meaning, all the things that Paul mentions here is something which is not innate to us. They have to be practiced. So he's telling us something about human nature, and he's telling us something about the good news of the gospel, and he's telling us something about what it means to grow in Christ. He's saying to me, and to all those who will hear, that means that compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience, even for pastors, is not innate. And it's not innate to us as human beings. And then he goes further when he talks about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not innate to us. I had a young man in my office this morning asking the question, so what is it going to look like for me and my wife to reconcile with our extended family? He was just beginning to understand that forgiveness and reconciliation is not something we suddenly think and then it becomes so. It's something that is a very long process. It's something that we practice. What Paul is telling us here is that to be in Christ means that we have to put on entirely different clothes and our lives are characterized by practicing things which are not innate to us. James K.A. Smith in his book, You Are What You Love, began to unpack these ideas in a different way as he began to think about the nature of worship for the Christian church. As he thinks about these particular virtues and the other virtues which the scriptures call us to, which Jesus calls us to in his high priestly prayer in John, 
These are things which we practice, and Smith connects this practice to our weekly worship together as Christians. When we come and are around this table and we confess our faith, we confess our sin, and we confess our sin to the Father, and we receive forgiveness, and then we do exactly what we've done here. We sing songs of praise, we read the scriptures, and we have time of silent confession and public confession. What's happening in the liturgy is we are practicing these virtues. And every single week, we are learning moment by moment, what does it look like to put on love? Well, in the liturgy, it shows us how God put on love. Didn't we just get finished celebrating Christmas, the incarnation? Is not the incarnation God who humbled himself as a gift of the Father, who gave up the glory which was due his name, emptied himself of all the glory that was due to his name, took on flesh as his clothing and became one of us to walk in our midst and to get on his knees and to wash the feet of those who would likely betray him. Who would take on a cross which was not warranted for him. Though he was innocent, he took it on according to his timetable. And he would say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus is showing us that in the incarnation, God has come to teach us and to show us what the clothes of compassion and kindness and humility and love looks like. And oh, Lord, have mercy upon us That is not innate to me. But in Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit, Paul is telling us that because now we are in Christ, that because of what Christ has done, we have been raised with him, we have been seated with him, we have been united with him, and oh, praise be to God, we have been hidden into him. And because of that, because of that work, and because of the Spirit for which he prayed, we would receive, that means that by God's Spirit, you and I can get up tomorrow morning and put on clothes by the practice of them that are not innate to us, but by God's grace, and when Christ returns, it will become our nature. Life in Christ isn't meant to be an abstract intellectual journey. It involves the intellect. But it doesn't leave the heart. It doesn't leave our hands. It doesn't leave our emotions alone. It involves our daily work, our daily practice. It means that we have to be ready to hear from those we love when they see some clothes that we might need to put on. This happened to me a couple of days ago. My wife and I were talking and we were about to turn out the light and she turns to me, one of those inspirational moments, I guess, and she said, 
She goes, just out of curiosity, um, do you remember twice tonight I said something and instead of actually acknowledging it, you changed the subject? <laughs> I was like, huh. I am so sorry. Really? She said, yes. And I'm like, and she goes, you do that. I'm like, really? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, but I've never said it. And suddenly tonight, I needed to tell you that. Okay. But what is she telling me? She's showing me that there's a part of the clothing that I'm not wearing. In that moment, it was, I was not present with her. I was, my brain was probably scattered in 15,000 different directions. I'd been practicing compassion or empathy. I was probably listening to something she said and it sparked something. It was a small moment, but not an insignificant one. But in her loving confrontation, she was showing me something about the clothing of Christ that I needed to remember to practice. That's not innate to me. It's hard, but it's a practice that we're called to. And because we find at the heart of this passage that it doesn't begin with our doing it, it is founded and begins with the one who has done it for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. And because he has come, and because we profess our faith in him, and because he calls us to trust in him, and because we can be raised with him, because we receive the spirit of God from him, by his grace and by his strength, and only by those things, can we begin to put these on and move towards one another. In a recent film from 2019, Jojo Rabbit, Taika Watiti tells the story of a young German youth, little boy, 10-year-old boy named Jojo. Jojo is it's taking a satirical look at the whole Nazi regime and the brainwashing that they put on children, but at the same time, it's really a coming-of-age story, and little Jojo is 10 years old, and he wakes up, and he wants this day. He declares, today I will become a man, he says. So he gets dressed up in his uniform, but his mother has to tie his shoes, and she reminds him that you're 10 years old, Jojo, and you still don't tie your own shoes. You don't know how. And so we see in this very small gesture and this very small need that two things don't add up. On the one hand, today he believes he will be a man, but he can't tie his own shoes. Somebody else must do it for him. And this small gesture is woven throughout the narrative, and I'm not giving anything away. But when he reaches a point where he cannot rely on his mother any longer... He must make a choice. Will he reject the hatred of the brainwashing thoughts of Nazism and choose to tie the shoes of a young Jewish girl?
And when he does, it's in a moment of inspiration, he ties the knot and he opens the door and with her, they go out into freedom. And you begin to see this story, this little gesture. On the one hand, he thought, I'm ready to be a man, but yet there's something missing. There's something very basic I don't know how to do. And his mother, out of love and care for him, got on her knees every day and tied his shoes. But she was showing him. She was showing him through that act that she was showing him compassion. And he would then turn and learn from her and show that compassion to another. Jesus Christ did more than come down and tie our shoes. He gave his life that we might have life. But more than that, that we could give that love of Christ away. To get on our knees, to tie the shoes to wash the feet, to show compassion because someone has done it for us. My wife, in her mercy, showed me that love in a small gesture, but not an insignificant thing. And I want to remind you that you're receiving Jeffrey today we're installing him as pastor, and each week, in the time which he will be visiting with you, counseling you, praying with you, working with you, serving with you, he too will be learning to practice putting on these clothes. He, with you, each week will be practicing with you, putting on these clothes of love and humility and compassion. May God give you humility and grace as you pray for him. May God give him grace and humility as he prays for you. I am grateful that you are here. I am grateful that we serve the same God and Savior together and that we come to him as his children and we say, Father, in your son, clothe us again that we might be a blessing to others to the glory of your name. Have mercy, O Lord, what beautiful clothes we have been given. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon because of the glory of the gospel, that in Jesus Christ, who clothed himself with flesh, he came down and gave himself that we might know the forgiveness and grace and mercy of our Heavenly Father. And in doing so, he has given us these clothes that we are to clothe ourselves with. Lord, by your spirit, help us to practice these things. For we know they are not innate to us, but they are your character, and we need your grace to do it. But Lord, as you clothe us, as you give us the strength to care and love others, may you remind us of what you have done the strength from which we get the, the ability to do these things. And may you make the ministry of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, may you make it strong. May you open wide the doors of the beauty of Christ to all who would come 
And may you send out this body of Christ to minister in the character and person of Christ through their hands and through their words. May you minister to this community for the sake of Christ and for the building up of his kingdom. For you are glorious. Christ is glorious. And you have clothed us with the glorious work of Christ. Now send us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everything that Jesus commands of us, he gives to us. He strengthens us. We can't do any of this that has been preached, but he can do it in us. No one can live the Christian life. He can live it through us. And when we come to this table, we'll remind it of our need for his strength. If we were to go without food for a week, you know how you'd feel. So we come to this table so that what is preached from the word today is made visible, that we need his strength. We need him inside of us, flowing through us. The cross above me tells us that our hearts must be right with God by faith in Christ. And the horizontal tells us we must be right with one another. It's not easy. If, Paul, if it was easy, Paul wouldn't be saying all of this, would he? But the Lord gives us the strength to renew ourselves in him and to renew ourselves with one another. The Apostle Paul said, before we come to this table, we ought to examine ourselves. But he said, examine yourself and then come. Don't not come. If we are all in agreement with what has been preached, we can still experience compassion fatigue. But he tells us, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Come to him in this holy meal. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you are the creator of the whole world. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with God and our God. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you take the things of Jesus and disclose them to us. Thank you, Father, that you created the whole world and made it good. And even though we went our own independent way, you did not leave us. You did not abandon us or forsake us, but sent your Son as the shepherd of the sheep to seek us out and find us and bring us back to yourself. We thank you, Lord. We, if we just say thank you, it's enough. And so we praise you and bless you that you have reminded us that as we come to you, you've already come to us. Lord, we pray that you would come upon these elements so that they might be to us nothing other or nothing less than the body and blood of Christ as we partake in faith. 
And we thank you that we can humbly come and pray that prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. As often as you do this, do so remembering me. In the same manner also, our Lord took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant poured out in my blood, shed for the remission of the sins of many. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. And later the Apostle Paul would tell us that as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes again. So come, for all things are now ready. Please stand, sing together.
you may be seated. The prayer for our nations. O God, from the rising of the sun to its setting, your name is great among the nations. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. You are exalted among the nations, exalted in the earth. We thank you that you promised to bless all the nations of the earth in Abraham and have fulfilled your promise through your son, Jesus. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, his ascension into heaven, and the coming of the Holy Spirit, you confirmed that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. On this day, as God's people in this place recognize Jeff's gift and call to serve among them and lay hands on his installation to the ministry of the word, we ask that you bless the nations of the earth. We pray for an end to war in Syria and the reign of the peace of Jesus Christ through the entire Middle East. We pray for Muslims in Egypt, Pakistan, Central Asia, and throughout the world to see the church in Europe, Russia, and Siberia. Brother, we pray that throughout the world for them to see Jesus and embrace him with all their hearts. We pray for the renewal and rebirth of the church in Europe, Russia, and Siberia. We pray for the many people groups of China and for believers who are in prison for their faith in China, North Korea, and this is the country I always find difficult to... Thank you very much. And all the nations. We pray for the increase of the great multitude, which no one can number from every nation of Africa, of the Americas, of Jews, Hindus, and Buddhists, and from all tribes and peoples and tongues to stand before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, to cry out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. May we, as a congregation, increasingly offer ourselves for the healing of the nations, persevering to the end when every nation bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, to the glory of God the Father. And God's people say, Amen. As Christians, as Reformed Christians, and especially as Presbyterians, we take our covenants very seriously. Just about every time we do a service, we have covenants. We have questions and answers. Even our confessions, our catechisms, have questions and answers. Long before FAQs on the web, we had our questions and answers. And now we get to the time of questions and answers for this installation service. I told Jeff that I was going to ask him these questions with a lot of vigor. Come on up. 
I told him I was going to ask him these questions with a lot of vigor, and I said, you know, I may even ask these questions twice because he's such a troublemaker. But, you know, I'm not going to ask him twice because what I've discovered about Jeff in my time fellowshipping with him over the last two years is that he's a man of deep conscience and deep care, not because he's innately made that way, but God has been shaping him into being that kind of uh, conscious, conscience bearing man, and, and um, so I think he's going to take these very seriously. Are you ready, brother? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to get my glasses out to make sure I get this right. All right. Reverend Rickett, do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and do you boldly declare Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and acknowledge him of all and head of the church? I do. And do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the word of God and inspired by the Holy Spirit, the unique witness of Jesus Christ and the authority for Christian faith and life? I do. Will you receive, adopt, and be bound by the essential tenets of ECO as a reliable exposition of what scripture teaches us to do and to believe? And will you be guided by them in your life and ministry? I will. Relying on the Holy Spirit, do you humbly submit to God's call on your life, committing yourself to God's mission and fulfilling your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of Scripture and guided by our confessions? By God's grace, yes. And will you be governed? If I was to say I will, I do. I don't know. Will you? (laughs) This one, I will. Okay, you will. Will you be governed by ECO's polity and discipline, and will you be accountable to your fellow elders, deacons, and pastors as you lead? I will. And do you promise to be faithful in maintaining the truth of the gospel and the peace, unity, and purity of the church? I do. Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? I will. And will you be a faithful minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ by proclaiming the good news teaching the faith, showing the people God's mission, and caring for the people. I will. And now I'd like to invite Elder Doris Tay to come forward for some questions for you, the congregation. Today we lift up our Ebenezer, the stone of help. We've um, come this far. It's an honor to be here today. Um, It's a story, an unfolding story of grace, as I would say, here at Nielsville, uh, that the Lord has brought us thus far. Um, Reverend Hammond just finished giving the charge to Pastor Jeff, and my role here is to give the charge to us, members of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, about our responsibility in this covenant that we are embarking on with Pastor Jeff I see this as a three-way covenant. Uh, Pastor Jeff, members of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, which is part of their larger eco-church, and God. This is a covenant, a promise before God, which we are all a part of, a covenant to be in relationship and mutual accountability in our um, respective role uh, as members of the body of Christ. Note the emphasis on whose church it is, Christ's church. 
With that in mind, there are four charges that I'd like to present to the members of this congregation. We have boundaries, vision, shepherd, and prayers. My first charge um, to this church is to respect Pastor Jeff's boundaries. In order to give us his best, he needs his time to recharge, to take care of himself and his family. And there are stresses as well as blessings that a pastor receives from the congregation. I urge you to respect Pastor Jeff's downtime and days off. If it is and it can wait until morning, please let it wait. <laughs> If a deacon, trustee, or elder can help, please reach out to them instead. In Numbers 11, 16 to 17, God shows us how to do this. He called Moses and told Moses to bring to him 70 elders to come to the tent of meeting that they may stand with him and to help him bear the burden of his people so that Moses didn't have to do this alone. Of course, if it's an emergency, let him know because he desires to be there for us and to be with us. Otherwise, give him the time for himself that you would expect for yourself. The second charge is to trust and respect his vision and leadership. He has traveled a path of calling, testing, and sacrifice to be in ministry. He has followed this calling for over 25 years. He had studied the word more than most of us in the congregation, though he would be first to admit and that he doesn't have all the answers. As our pastor and teacher, he has been charged as in 1 Peter 5, 2, to feed the flock of God, taking the oversight not by constraint, but willingly. And again, in Acts 20, 28, to take heed, therefore, unto himself and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made our pastor overseer to feed the church of God, which God himself has purchased with his own blood. What this means is that Christ leads through our pastor to fulfill God's plan for us. The third charge is to understand that Pastor Jeff's job is not to make us happy or feel good about ourselves. His job is to be a shepherd, to poke and prod and sometimes say things that will make us uncomfortable, but only to get us to think, to pray, and to help us develop our spiritual gifts. His role is to challenge and lead us towards a closer relationship with God. His job is to herd us toward Christ. As members of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, let us keep an open mind. When you find yourself on the cusp of complaining about something that has not been done or should be done, please pause, pray, and seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. You might just be that one that God wants to use regarding that situation for his service. And finally, I charge us to pray for Pastor Jeff. Not just the generic, oh, thank you for my family and friends, and oh, Pastor Jeff too. <laughs> no, I mean pray for him, as he will undoubtedly pray for us. Pray for his family, 
Pray for his strength for him because of his role in the congregation and confidences he needs to keep most of the time. His pastoral ministry can be a difficult and lonely one. Pray that he continues to grow in knowledge and understanding and in strength and love in Christ. As members of Nielsville and with God's help, we will and can be a blessing to each other, our community and the world at large as we begin this new chapter in the life of our church, Christ's church. Thanks be to God. Amen. the covenant partners of this congregation accept Reverend Jeffrey Rickett as our pastor, chosen by God through the voice of his congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ, according to the word of God and the constitution of ECO. We do. do we agree to pray for him, to encourage him, to respect his decisions and to follow as he guides us Serving Jesus Christ, who alone is head of the church. We do. Do we agree to pay him fairly and provide for his welfare as he works among us? We do. And will we listen to the word he preaches, welcome his pastoral care, and honor his servant leadership as authority he seeks to honor Jesus Christ? We will. Thank you, Doris. And now in New, in New Testament tradition, we're going to have a time of laying on of hands in prayer. So I invite all of you who are ordained officers to come forward to lay hands on Jeff as he uh, is received. So please come forward. Rob and Jamie are going to lead us in prayer. And we also invite Val and Amanda up as well. As everyone's making their way up, I just wanted to say a couple things to you, Pastor Jeff. Um, we here at Nielsville have loved having you here. These last couple of years, we want to recognize that you've served as our transitional pastor and that you have shepherded us and loved us very, very well. You and Val have become a beloved um, <clears throat> part of our Nielsville family. And it's very clear that God has chosen you to be this next pastor of our church. You're a really good shepherd. You have been there for us when our loved ones have passed, when we have been ill. You are quick to jump out of that office and head to help somebody in their time of need. And that means the world to us. You've also been there to celebrate with us. In the happy moments, you've been there for weddings and for baptisms. And we've seen new life in Christ with you as our pastor here in this church. So... Now is the time that we commit to continuing to pray for you, as, as Elder Doris had just said. Congregation, if you want to extend your hand out as we pray, you're completely welcome to do that. And elders, we welcome you to do that as well. I do want to mention that after a few moments after I pray, uh, we will allow anyone who wants to pray just to pray right here all at the same time, all at once, even in your own tongue and language. Just pray prayers for Pastor Jeff at that time. And then Pastor Rob will close us out. Lord, 
we give you honor and glory for this incredible day. We give you thanks for all that has led to this and all that is yet to come. And we give you thanks for those who God has placed in Pastor Jeff's life to nurture his faith and encourage him in his calling throughout the years. We also give you thanks for a church that has embraced much change. We thank you for those pastors who have come before Pastor Jeff. And we give thanks for Pastor Jeff's service before this point to the Lord, especially for his service as our transitional pastor. We pray your protection over him, that you would guide him from sin and keep him close to you in your word. May he rest in your grace and press forward when times are most challenging. And may you grant him wisdom when the way he should should go isn't clear. Protect him from sickness and disease, sustaining his body and mind. Thank you for Val and Amanda and Samuel. We thank you for Val for her faithfulness to you and to Pastor Jeff. May you be the strength and center of their marriage. And we pray for Samuel and Amanda that you will be their strength and that as a family they would seek your face together. And we pray that close brothers and sisters in Christ will continue to encourage Pastor Jeff and Val through their ministry. And now you may pray out loud on your own. Lord Jesus, you who is the head of this church, you have heard the prayers that we have offered on behalf of your servant, Jeffrey. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, upon him. Anoint him to overflowing with your spirit and your power. Christ Jesus, give him your mind, be his wisdom, give him your heart. And Lord, I pray for the flock that you've entrusted to him, that the Holy Spirit has entrusted to him. And I pray that this flock, Lord God, would rise up, that they would support Pastor Jeffrey and and Val and the entire family, that they would surround them with the prayer support to be there for them, whatever needs that they have. And that as you give him the truth to, to speak into their lives every, every week and every moment in counsel, that they would recognize your truth and that they would be given hearts that are willing to obey, Lord, your truth as you speak through him. And that, Lord, I pray that this would be a congregation that would pray daily, that you would open doors of opportunity in the community and in the regions beyond, opportunities for the gospel to be proclaimed and declared, and that you would give this flock, you would give this people the clarity of the message of the gospel as they are given opportunities to speak it and to share it. And that, Lord God, that through this pastor and through this dear congregation, that you would use them to further your church, to further your kingdom, and to bring glory to you, our Lord, our Savior, and our God. Amen. We have laid hands. We have prayed for you, brother. 
We trust you to the Holy Spirit that he will continue to bring about to completion the good work that he has begun in your life and in the life of this congregation. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are now the pastor of Nielsville Presbyterian Church. Whatever you do. Whatever you do and say, do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Shake up 
Before I say the benediction, I just want to thank all of you who came out and embraced this weather. Uh, it's so encouraging to me and to Val and to our family to see so many different faces from many different aspects of our life and ministry, and so we're so thankful for your love throughout that time together. Thank you for our worship team and choir and Paul for putting it together to work an extra day for, for this service, so thank you very much. I appreciate it. That it, it is a great uh, privilege and honor. I, we are humbled in this next journey to serve with you as Pastor Randy, my good friend who keeps me focused on Jesus as well. We're in this together. We need one another to show those things that we need to clothe ourselves in. And so may we do that in love. May we do that in Christ's power and strength. There's a lot to do, but we look forward to doing it together in his strength and for his glory. Hear these words. From the book of Hebrews. Now the God of peace who brought again from the dead the Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>